to the old timers now, right? Yeah, hold on, I'll help you up. We're just bringing wisdom to the game, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jimmy. Come preach. Hey. <laughs> water back up here. Well, Brother Matt come up with a good title for the exact same reason I come up with a simple title. Because that title you're talking about, Brother, if you remember, I don't remember the exact title I had, but it was something like 2020 Vision in 2020. And if anybody tells me they had 2020 vision of 2020 in January 2020, there's a phrase in Stokes County, you a lie. <laughs> so my title is, Are You Growing? But I could follow Matt and say, we need to grow more in 2024, right? Right, need to keep growing. If you would, you can turn your Bibles to First Peter. We're going to read a lot of scriptures, Brother Jeff. <laughs> but almost all of them are in First and Second Peter. You know, a lot of times when we read the Bible, we sort of chop it up. And we'll study, you know, especially in a, in a message you can't, it's, it's hard to uh, preach a whole book. That's sort of what I'm going to be doing tonight is we're going to sort of outline First and Second Peter, and then give two real quick points, which is the last two verses of Second Peter. Uh, but I didn't know we were going to have an intermission, so I I planned one myself. So, and this is really the reason Sheila's not here because she knew what I was going to do. <laughs> Doe, a deer. A female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun, me, a name I call myself, far, a long, long way to run, so, a needle pulling thread, la, a note to follow, so, tea, a drink with jam and bread, and that will bring us back to doe, a deer, a female deer. Now, I was actually going to have Miss Jennifer G sing that, but she was not able to be here tonight. <laughs> but there is a reason for singing that. If you sing that song in that fashion, where does it end? Never ends, right? It never ends. And that's the same thing as the growing process of a Christian. It never ends. We have to continue uh, to grow. And First and Second Peter really is a series of verses put together two letters, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, uh, written to uh, the Jewish people and is written uh, to tell them to grow and giving them instructions in growing. And it starts off in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And, of course, we know that as uh, children, as babies, they need milk to grow by. Uh, they can't eat, certainly can't eat meat. They can't chew food. Uh, so they have to have liquid nourishment. And as young Christians, we have to have that same thing uh, as we uh, get the simple things of the Word of God. Now, grow here means to make or cause to grow, to grow up, to increase, to become greater. 
Uh, we are to be a greater Christian, a stronger Christian, closer to God tomorrow than we are today, and the next day than tomorrow. And we are to continue to grow in the Lord. Now, Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 tells us that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And in verse 15, but speaking the love and truth may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we are, at some point, we are to grow past being a babe in Christ and be able to understand some more of, of the word of God. Second Thessalonians 1.3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Uh, I like First and Second Thessalonians as Paul is writing to them, and you see that uh, for the most part, the Thessalonians are sort of the opposite of the Corinthians in that they are following what Paul has told them to do. And he has com most, mostly commends them on what they are doing. And here he is commending their growth in the Lord. And, you know, we should, we, should have, uh, we should be able to be commended on our growth in the Lord. Now, you're not going to see me grow one day by one day. But if you knew me 10 years ago, hopefully you could see that I've grown some in the Lord. Even though I've been saved many years, uh, 10 years later, I should have grown more in the Lord. Now, we do have times where we lapse in growing and, and we actually backslide from time to time. But that we shouldn't let that be very often. We shouldn't let that be a long period of time. And we should renew our strength through the Word of God and continue to grow in the Lord. <clears throat> and as I said, First and Second Peter are all about growing as a Christian. Yes, sir. <clears throat> now, First Peter chapter 1 clarifies the source of our salvation. The first part of growing is being born. So if we're going to grow in the Lord, we must first be born again. We must first be saved. And 1 Peter chapter 1 clarifies that. And 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And our birth, our growth, begins in the word of God. If your growth begins anywhere other than the word of God, you're not born again. It has to come from the Word of God. It doesn't come uh, from uh, your bloodline. It doesn't come uh, from a wise man's sayings. It doesn't come from anything else except the Word of God. And in chapter 2, we've already read this, tells us a newborn needs milk as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that ye may grow thereby. But even as... Babes in Christ, even as young children, we should have a desire. It says to have a desire, the sincere milk of the word. In other words, although it may be simple, it's still the word of God. You can't take little children in a church and teach them out of some book other than the word of God. 
Now, you might not be able to teach them Revelation and explain the second coming of Jesus Christ, but you can take the Word of God and teach them about salvation. You can teach them about the birth of Christ. You can teach them about the life of Christ and the death of Christ, and they can understand that, but it must come from the Word of God. Growth must come from the Word of God. And then chapter 2 goes on to give us some of that milk, like verse 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Very simple commandments in the word of God. I say simple except for that last one, which is honor the king, and which would be honor the president. That's a little hard to do sometimes, but it's easy to understand that that's what we're supposed to do. It's something simple that we can follow in the Word of God, something simple that a young child, a young person in Christ, whether they're young in age or not, can follow these simple commandments, very simple to be understood. And then chapter 3 provides a little more solid food as we grow in the Lord. Chapter 3, verse 11 says, Let him eschew evil... And do good, let him seek peace and ensue it. Now, it takes a little more understanding to understand that verse than it does to, to say honor God. Right? right? So you got to study a little bit. You might actually have to read a little more of the Word of God to understand what this verse means, but we still get growth from the Word of God. So as uh, Noah said, I'm going to give you some meaning to a couple of these words, okay? Uh, Echu, and I don't know, I might not say it right. Is it echu or echu? Echu, echu, evil. To avoid, deviate, turn away from, to go out of the way to get away from. In other words, it's not just, well, that's evil and I hope it goes away. No, it's I go away. I get away from the evil. It's something that I have to make an effort to do. I have to be able to see the evil, and then I have to have enough sense from the Word of God to get away from the evil. And then on the other end of that verse, it says, let him seek peace and ensue it. To ensue peace is to put flight to. In other words, I mean, get, get to peace. Find peace quickly. To pursue. To earnestly endeavor to acquire to the point of being persecuted. Yes. You see, we look sometimes, we look for peace a little bit, and then somebody says, what are you doing that for? And we we oh, well, I... I'm offended. I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, we are to ensue peace. We are to follow God to the point if we're persecuted for it, we still continue on the same path. So many times uh, we, we let the least little bit of persecution stop us from doing what God has put in our lives for us to do. And in 1 Peter 3, 17... For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. You may suffer for well-doing. God doesn't say, now if you follow everything I say, 
And you take this first and second Peter and you grow just like Peter's saying grow here. Everything's going to go good for you. No, he says you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer just like the one that does the evil. But it's better for you to suffer for doing good than it is for you to suffer for doing bad. Then chapter 4 continues. So we're getting on a little deeper into the growth and the learning about the word of God and how to live for God. 1 Peter 4.12 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Now you, you, that's hard to teach a little child that. It's hard to teach a young Christian that. They don't understand why. But as, matur- as maturing Christians, we should understand that trials are going to come against us. And the Bible here uses the words fiery trial. In other words, it's going to get hard. It's going to be difficult to get through that. So when, when we face it, Sometimes Christians face a fiery trial and they act like, why in the world is this happening to me? Because you're doing good. If you're doing good and it's still happening to you, then you're going to be okay. It's not easy to go through a fiery trial. When you burn yourself, it's not good, is it? It don't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel good to go through a fiery trial, but it feels good to know that if you're living for God and going through a fiery trial, he's, he's got it all under control. And then in chapter 5, he exhorts the elders. So we're, we're, we're started with the babes, and in chapter 5, he talks to the elders. He says, be sober, be vigilant, Because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, Pastor, I believe was talking about a lion the other day and how it would seek out that one that got got away from the rest. Uh, And Satan certainly will devour a young child of God if he can, but he is much more satisfied if he can devour that mature Christian. If he, can, if he can bring down that mature Christian, it's more, he counts it more of a victory. But the Bible tells us to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, we're not going to mature to the point that the lion doesn't bother us anymore. He's never going to be afraid of you. Satan's never going to be afraid of me. He's never going to be afraid of Currytown, but he's afraid of Jesus Christ. So that's who we have to turn to. That's who we have to trust in. And we have to realize that he is out there seeking to devour us. Whether we've been saved a year, 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, he's still seeking to devour us. Then in 2 Peter chapter 1, <clears throat> Peter uses, instead of the word grow, he uses the word add. Yeah. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Now he's already brought us through, right? He's brought us through chapter 1, and he's exhorted the elders. He's, he said, beware of the devil. 
And then in chapter 2, he says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Now these additions come with a promise in verse 10. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things ye shall never fall. If you are constantly adding to your faith you will not fall. It is when you stop adding to your faith that you fall. That is when the lion, the roaring, roaring lion seeks to devour you. As long as you are adding to your faith, he'll stay over in the bushes, brother, and he'll stay pounce down waiting till you stop, and that's when he's going to jump on you. We need to realize that if we add these things to our faith, if we add these things to our faith, God will multiply our faith. So we got to trust in him to do the multiplication. we got to trust in him for the difficult part. We just have to do the simple part and add these things to our faith, and he will give us the strength to see us through these fiery trials. He'll give us the strength to see us when the, the roaring lion comes against us. Then after giving us the tools to grow into a mature Christian, in chapter 2, Peter gives us a warning of the wickedness in the world. If you read in Second uh, Peter chapter 2, it's, it's just a warning of how wicked the world is. And we're there today, of course. And then in chapter 3, he gives us <clears throat> a reminder and warning of the return of Christ. Peter ends his second letter right where he began his first letter telling us to grow. <clears throat> 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now we need to pay attention and notice that the Bible says to grow in grace and knowledge. It did not say grow in grace or knowledge. Grow in grace and knowledge. If you're not growing in knowledge, you're not growing in grace. Now, there's many kinds of grace. First Peter actually tells us that, chapter 4, verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That means there's many different graces of God. There's saving grace, living grace, dying grace, the grace of kindness, the grace of compassion, the grace of helping, the grace of trusting, all kinds of grace, but there's only one knowledge, the Word of God. So where does grace come from? Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace... Are you saved through faith? So grace, first of all, comes from faith. Romans 10, 17. So then 
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So grace comes from faith and faith comes from hearing the word of God. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So grace comes from hearing or knowing the word of God or knowing God. The Samaritan woman was saved to well, right? We know that. We know that she got saved. She went and told others, and they got saved. They trusted in Christ <coughs> on her word. They received the faith to be saved. And John, when Jesus was talking to there at the well, uh, I didn't check it out, Pastor. But I'm pretty sure this is probably the longest conversation Jesus had with a single person in the Word of God. Now, I might not have that be correct, but it's at least one of the longest conversations he had with an individual. But in all that he said, he only told her one thing she didn't already know, who he was. He said, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. She already knew who he was. She just didn't know she was talking to him. When she realized who he was, she left her water pot. It's all about knowing him. Brother Jose was talking about knowing, following the Holy Spirit. You have to know the Holy Spirit. You have to know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's all about knowing him. Not about knowing who he is. The Samaritan woman knew he, who he was before Jesus got to the well, but she didn't know him. Right. When we know him, that's when we get saved. The better you know him, the closer your relationship with him. Good. When you know him, you receive the grace to be saved. When you know who Christ is, and you accept who he is and ask him to forgive you of your sins. You can't ask him to forgive you your sins until you know who he is, till you believe it's him, till you believe that he is who he, said, he says he is. When you know him, you receive the grace to be saved. When you know him better, you receive the grace to live for him. And when you know him even better, you learn to share that grace with others. It's a never-ending cycle. The better you know him, the more you grow in grace. Now, that's the introduction. I got two very quick points. The last two verses in 2 Peter chapter 3. After telling us to grow all through both letters, Peter gives us a warning. Now, he's told us all about growing. He gave us another warning already in one chapter, but in the next to the last verse that he writes, he gives another warning. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now, this warning is not to babes in Christ. Because it says, seeing ye know these things. Right. Talks about your own steadfastness. Right. So it's not to babes in Christ. 
It's not the sheep that's gone astray. This warning is for the well-learned, established Christian. Beloved, seeing you know these things, beware lest ye also being led away. Satan wants to lead us away from God. He may not be able to come as a direct, as we said, what pounce on you and directly just, just get you out of whack. But he can slowly lead you away down the wrong path if you're not being aware. So how do we keep... <coughs> How do we keep from being led away? The last verse, 2 Peter 3.18. Again, we've already read it. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So how do you stay close to God in the coming year? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How do you stay close to God the next year but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It's just like that song. It never ends. It needs to continue on. Now, the song is just something you sing, just a, just a, a, a lyrical thing. But when we're talking about living for Christ, it is a continual thing that we must continue to grow in the Lord. When we stop growing... When we stop drawing closer to God is when Satan is ready to devour us. Right. 